Hi, you guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. Joining me, as always, he is my bosom buddy, Bubby Castron. Hey, Bob. We are bosom buddies. We go back a long way, Dan. It's oh, yeah. Good to see you again. Oh, the memories we got. Oh, so many <laughs> memories. Let's dive into a couple tonight. Okay, let's okay. start with the time you killed a man while drunk. Well, we were 15. We had gone to the Valentine's Wait, Day this dance. This is a cool story that we were like drunk when we were 15 because that doesn't check out. <laughs> it doesn't check out. 15. Wait, have we told our, our first shared alcohol story ever on this podcast? No. Because it is not, I wouldn't call it a heroic hero's journey story. Far from it. In fact, it's a good thing we've waited like 50 <laughs> plus episodes to even to even broach it. Um, it doesn't fit with the, the, the band we're talking about either. Not uh, at all. In terms all. of nostalgia. We're doing our, our corn podcast. Improbably. Um, uh, so let's share the story, Bob, bef- before we get into anything. The first time we drank alcohol together for me, I think it was period. To probably, be probably with. period. Um, it was we were 15 years old. Yep. And uh, <laughs> uh, I I could tell you exactly what it was. It was June 1995. I procured a small bottle of champagne. <laughs> Uh, at my Uncle John's wedding. So small. Like, like not mini bar small, but small. Yeah, it was like a onesie. It probably poured you one to two glasses. Tops? Tops. Of champagne. So, June 95, Uncle John gets married. Um, Congra- cut- congrats, Uncle John. <laughs> congrats, Uncle Jake. Uh, cut to October 1995. Mm-hmm. Four months later, I had been hiding this bottle of champagne uh, in... Uh, the top drawer, my underwear drawer, and uh, actually no, because my mom would have been digging in and out of there. Of course, my dirty old undies. Yeah, mom's digging into the undies and uh, packing. The no, drawer. you had to have found a better place than that. It was probably up in your attic. Probably in the room. attic. Yeah, you're right. Probably in the attic. And so Bob and I, who were good boys, we were really good boys. We were in good high kids. Um, I'm not sure uh, what happened as the years progressed. Just I guess rebelling j- from being good for that long. Yeah, we're still at it. So we weren't, we weren't, we didn't do like, we didn't smoke weed really. We didn't do anything like hardcore and we weren't like early adopters of drinking, but we had decided before this big dance, was it homecoming? Might've been homecoming. Yeah. The homecoming dance, we decided to, um, and this was planned weeks, perhaps months in advance. Oh, every possible detail was spoken about. (laughs) For hours on end to make sure we did everything right. That prior to making the walk from my parents' home to Pearl River High School, which was a, probably about a, a mile walk, I would say. Yeah, about. Um, we were going to ingest this small bottle of champagne. We were going to split it, essentially. And I remember it as vividly as, as if it was yesterday. Um, it was warm. It was definitely not refrigerated. Not at all. And of course not. Uh, we were up. We probably didn't even know it was supposed to be refrigerated didn't, at that point. Nope. No clue. Um, so this tiny bottle of champagne. Uh, we were upstairs in the upstairs attic area, and we did we even drink the whole bottle? I don't even know. <laughs> but we opened it. Uh, we were wearing probably silk shirts at the time, silk button downs, silk or rayon. Uh, the or poor rayon. man, the poor man, silk. And we we shared the bottle of sh- mini champagne, not a real bottle, like a mini bottle. And we shared it. We poured two two beautiful glasses, and we intertwined our arms. 
<laughs> and then we screwed. <laughs> Protected. No, uh, we, we drank it. And then we made the walk. And, and we were bad boys of the street. I remember... Mm-hmm. I remember it was probably it was after nightfall, so it was dark. We were walking. We were about halfway there, and us talking about how we felt like we were on fire. Oh, do you feel it? Do you feel, you feel it? it? Like, yeah. Oh man, I feel wired. I feel yeah. so I feel crazy. This is crazy. Never felt like this before. And then that all got wiped out by nerves of being afraid of the chaperones catching us, getting when we caught went in. because we both had we were bombed half of one glass of champagne. <laughs> Fucking losers. <laughs> That was our first drinking experience. Our second drinking experience wasn't too much better. I believe it was the beer that we hid next to the Masonic Temple in Pearl River and buried under a pile of leaves. (laughs) It was like a a supersized Budweiser. Yeah. I don't think we ever actually drank it. No, no, we didn't. No, but we we kept there for years. It It was kind of like in in (laughs) our back pocket. Yeah. Um, So anyway, yeah, the bad boys of Pearl River High School are here, Bob and Dan, and we are um, talking about a... um, in a, a super important album to um, dirtbags out there. No, a super. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say no. That's accurate. Dirtbags fucking love this album. Uh, a super, the biggest album, perhaps, of rock music of the late 90s. An album that previously Bob and I had no connection to. Zero. Corn, Follow the Leader. Uh, massive, massive, massive album. And uh, uh, before we get into just uh, where we are in time, um, we should give a backstory of how we decided to even do this album because it's kind of an interesting little backstory. Yeah, Corn is one of those bands where if you've listened to the first few dozen episodes of this podcast, you know how we feel about bands like Corn. You know you know the type of shit we're into. And yeah. I it would I wouldn't be called like high level aggro stuff. We're not if, like if you would have told me rock. if you would have told me we would do Corn's Follow the Leader before we did any album by Travis, I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> Because we both love Travis. How does Get a Grip by Aerosmith not get on the radar How does before? Get a Grip get bumped past <laughs> Corn. How have we not done Mental Jewelry by Live? We've only done one live hey, album. Hey, hey, on the river, sir. So this is not in our sweet spot, but it was unavoidable in the late 90s. It was, like Dan said, one of the biggest albums at the time. And it was something that we're going to connect to on some level. Not the level of those asshole dirtbags that loved it. <laughs> but uh, a, about a week ago, Respect. A, an article hey, popped Hey, dirtbags out there. I just want you guys to know that's Bob Kestrone. <laughs> no, you call them dirtbags first. Um, <laughs> and he has these feelings toward you. Uh, on August 15th. Although they're all like still walking back from Woodstock 99 all still? pissed off looking to beat the shit out uh, of somebody. <laughs> I want to light stuff on fire still. <laughs> um, on August 15th. Uh, this garage is locked, right? I don't know. I hope so. Stephen Hyden of The Ringer wrote uh, this incredible, incredible post. Cocaine, Speed, and Gallons of Jack Daniels, the last rock and roll superstars were corn. Mm, Great headline and a a really great piece. Uh, Bob called it a post. It's just like, Bob, what? What is it now? What is it now? It's a piece. He wrote a piece. He wrote a, it was a feature. Did he post it on a website? It's a post. Fucking come on. It's still a blog, dude. Bob, my my still blog a, is poop is over, Bob. They're all still your, blogs. Your famed mid-aughts blog. Guess what? It's, Guess it's, what? it's in is, the rear view, man. It's no different than 25-year-old Bob going on blogger.com and just sharing his thoughts with the world. Uh, it, you could all, another uh, journo term, a long form. Yeah, well, I was going to say long form. It's a great long form. It's beefy, and it's uh, we recommend... Hey, pause this podcast and read it because uh, yes. uh, Stephen Hyde, one of my favorite rock writers out there, 
Uh, he's followed Bill Simmons basically from Grantland, and he's written for a bunch of places. You, if you want to read about the type of music we're into, if you like our podcast, Stephen Hyden is into that type of music, and he writes about a lot of our favorite bands. But Corn, and he he um, cops to it in the piece. He interviews Jonathan Davis, the lead singer, uh, at length. But he's like, he was one of the people like us mm-hmm. that hated Corn, not just the band, but what they stood for, which was they were kind of with Limp Biscuit, the face of the new metal movement. We're going to get into all that today. Uh, but this piece uh, was so well written and researched and interesting that we thought, why not 20 years after Follow the Leader comes out, why don't we, uh, I, I would say, revisit it? But Bob Vis- and I never visit. gave it a chance. Yeah. We know the singles, just like anybody that was alive in 1998, 1999 knows the singles. But we're going to listen to it. And I would say, Bob, and I feel like we do this, we're going to... Listen to it with open ears. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Dirtbags out there. I want you guys to know that like this music that means so much to you, we're not going to just shit on it. Hey, uh, you know. Yeah. And uh, did you miss the first five minutes of this pod? We drank champagne when we were 15. We're kind of dirtbags, too. Did you miss episode 36 when we talked at length about Ben Folds 5? I mean, Listen, we've got a hard we, side. Keep your too. mind open, too. Yeah, we're pretty hard guys. <laughs> All right. So. This album came out 20 years ago, Bob. When? In 1998. I couldn't hazard a guess. It came out in August 1998. Okay. What was going on in August? Uh, What was Tricky Bill? What was old Tricky Dick up to? Uh, Bill Clinton up to back in uh, the summer of 98. I think he was getting his ass impeached. I think you're right, because normally we sound up on the movies. Old Tricky Willie. Fast Willie. Instead, we're going to listen to this critical piece of history. I did not have sex with that woman. That is why I'm speaking to you tonight. <laughs> wow. As you know, in a deposition in January, I was asked questions about oh, my relationship spot. with Monica Lewinsky. While my answers were legally accurate, yes. I did not volunteer information. Oh, he did it. Indeed, I did have a relationship with yes. Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. Oh, no, it wasn't. In fact, it was wrong. It constituted a critical lapse in judgment and a personal failure on my part for which I am solely and completely responsible. Yeah, you are, baby. Yeah, you are. Yes. Bill Clinton admits Wait, you don't have the line. This is not, I did not have sex with that woman. This was him. It's it's a different speech? Yep. I love, yeah, that was like maybe the most famous line of the 90s is, I did not, I do not want your life. No, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Playing for West Canaan High may have been your idea of a life, <laughs> but I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Wait, was it from Varsity Blues? It was Varsity Blues. Yeah. Okay, never mind. It was Bill Clinton before he did Dawson's Creek, <laughs> nailing it. Bill Clinton spoke at my college, Northeastern, in 2000, shortly after um, he left office. And just to show you how politically plugged in at the time I was, Um, I spent the entire speech, every time there was an applause break, going, Clinton! Clinton! (laughs) Sure, it wasn't annoying to the people that were there to hear a president. I've I've been to an event with you doing that. You did that to uh, the former Chicago White Sox, uh, Paul Canerco, because he uh, screwed your fantasy team one that summer. Piece of shit. And I sat next to you during the Yankees season. White Sox game where you just yelled, "Canerco, I'll get you, Canerco, if it's the last thing I do. I'll get you, Canerco, if it's the last thing I do." Nine uh, innings. And Nine everyone, innings of that. We were in the upper deck and like just people turning around, being. Like, 
What the fuck is wrong wrong with you? (laughs) I'm that type of guy. Yeah, that guy. That's the guy that you go to uh, sporting events with. Um, Okay, so um, Slick Willie was doing his thing. Nothing bigger than that at the time. The movies that came out in August, how Stella got her groove back. Blade, Mm. Return to Paradise, a uh, serious Vince Vaughn movie. Um, Air Bud. And wrongfully accused, starring Leslie Nielsen. Ooh, yeah, late period Nielsen. Late not period the Nielsen, best. not the best Nielsen. Nielsen. Isn't there like a cruel, ironic twist? Um, because How Stella got her groove back, which was a pretty big deal movie for uh, it was yeah. Angela Bassett. Um, and I always remember her lighting the car on fire and then walking away. Like, oh, you've seen it? I don't remember <laughs> any element of it. No, I didn't see it, but that was like the part of the trailer. Got and it. It was shown all the time, but um. The tricky, I mean, the uh, ironic, cruel twist was whoever whoever was the real life Tay Diggs, because mm. it was Tay that she was screwing, right? Sure. You don't know I don't anything know. about no how got to nope. go back? I can't That's remember racist, it at all. That's actually racist. Mm. Um, we'll we'll see at the end of this anecdote who's more racist. It turns out, it turns out, uh, if my memory serves me, that in real life, um, years later, the Tay Diggs character, not Tay Diggs, um, was like turned out to be um, transgender and left Stella. Wait. I, I hope that's right, but I feel like that's what happened. I have no, I can't fact check you at all. And on I this. don't feel like looking it up. Don't. And maybe hit us up on Twitter if I'm wrong. Um, but I don't think I'm wrong. But how about that for a, a cruel twist of fate if, for old Stella? If that's a real thing that happened, then wow, poor Stella. I just remember that became like one of those there was no such thing as a meme back in 1998, but how Blank got her groove back became like a joke, like yeah, that everybody was, was making at the same time. It was a bit, and it, it really was a bit. hit hard. Anything else, Bob? Uh, number one alternative rock song at the end of August 1998, when Korn's Follow the Leader came out, was this one. Yes, man! Did you fuck it up after all that? Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's been. Oh no! Wait, the pressure has gotten to wait, you. Wait, what if I? Uh, I'm going to replace the guy. The pressure has gotten to you. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. It's been. Okay, you ready? Yep. Yeah. It's been. Wait. <clears throat> it usually takes a couple times. To walk You're out. so nervous. I've never seen you sweat like this. All right, here we go. It's been. <laughs> <laughs> And if you, if you, of course, bare naked ladies with Dan Hansis one week, if you uh, missed the uh, podcast from a few weeks back, I have a, um, a stable of impressions that are um, unequaled. Is it a stable when there's two of them? Uh, let's go over them while we're here. Because uh, I've thought of one after the last time we talked about this. Good, because I knew that there was another one that we couldn't remember. All right. One is obviously, it's been uh, Wow, now you're getting cocky with it. You're like adding. <laughs> That's a live version. You're like Liam Gallaghering it. All right. Well, tell me. You ready? It's been. That was perfect. It's been. Yeah, All that right. was perfect. That was perfect. So I got the chubby guy from Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> and then I have, of course, uh, Joshua Jackson in his role as Pacey Witter in Dawson's Creek, which is Dawson, Dawson, Dawson. Really good. I shouldn't be sleeping with this woman, but I love it. I think just stop after the Dawson Dawson. You're getting cocky. I don't know why you're so cocky tonight. <laughs> of course, of course. And then um, I think you forgot about my uh, Christopher Walken 
before it got cliche to do Christopher Walken's, I was doing a Walken impression of Batman Returns before it got big. Ooh, I don't remember. Are you this. ready for it? I am. Got woman. Yes, that's why what did you fall out that window? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Cat woman. You fell out that window and turned into cat woman. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was right before his uh his uh, fat boy slim video. Yeah, re- renaissance. Yes, exactly. And I was like all over it. It was a big thing. Uh and and now everyone's got a walking impression and honestly better impressions. But at the time I was doing it, people, it wasn't in, it wasn't hot. No. And sure. Like guys like Kevin Pollack were doing Christopher Walken for decades before that, but who cares? Right. You really brought it back. Cat woman, you found out my dirty business. No, so now I must piss you out the window. Cat woman. I think you've lost it. <laughs> and now you turn into cat woman. <laughs> All right. Put it back. Put it back in the stable. You have a stable. I'll give you the stable. That's three. Three's a stable, bro. All right. You're doing it. Enough of that. It's time to get serious. It's time to get dirt baggy. Put on your hoodie sweatshirt and Ooh, your yeah. Django jeans. Giant. I think so. That get sounds right. Got a big right. chain attached. In got your, my wallet in my front pocket. Got my chain going from my front to the back. Get out your uh, Marlboros. Yep. Parliaments. Your Parliaments. And uh, put on Follow the Leader. Track one. It's on, Slammer. Nice. A Slammer in track one. Boom. Let's not be dicks about this. No, I know. I don't want Okay, let's try it. Let's try it. Because it's going to be very easy to be dicks, but we're not going to be dicks. We're going to be dicks, but we're going to try to pull ourselves back every time we are. Okay. Okay. We're self-aware. Self-aware dicks. Did you say corn? <laughs> I hope <Here> so. <laughs> Do I have to check? I'm no. going to check. I got to <laughs> check. I think he said corn, which is an amazing way to open an album. I'm 100% in it. <laughs> Okay, I think it's good enough. I'm saying corn. It's out 10 out of 10. <laughs> corn! It's every song. <laughs> Out of breath. I want to play. You know it's time. Something is calling. I can't keep from falling. Track one, Bob. It's on. Parentheses corn slammer. Oh, it's on. Oh, it's on. Which is the name of the song. That makes makes a lot more sense than saying. That makes a lot more sense. Only Kid Rock could yell his own name in a song. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, so this uh, is the opening track of Follow the Leader, which it's hard to, if you weren't around in the late 90s, it's hard to really explain what a big deal this album was like the whole idea of what new metal was which was really the most popular form of rock music from really this album through 2000 
into 2001. Yeah, at least, yeah. Uh, this, to me, is probably, like, the number one album. And, like, the um, the album cover with uh, the edge of the cliff with the hopscotch girl at the end of the cliff. Yep. Like, that's it. Like, this is the, I feel like, I've never heard this album, but I would feel like if I had to try to revisit new metal, this would be the album I'd choose. Yeah, I think that's what we're doing tonight. This is the thing that the Stephen Hyden piece does well is it kind of it revisits this album and contextualizes it against all the other albums that were coming out around the time and it did feel like Korn was doing something better than the others like Limp Bizkit was the kind of motley crew to Korn's Guns N' Roses okay I like, like that Korn felt like the most authentic like artists of the whole sort of movement and these other guys were doing the sort of maybe they were selling more albums or they were making these bigger singles, but Corn felt like the realest band at the time. Not that I liked it, but it felt the realest. It's almost selling. It, I think it's even selling Motley Crue short. Uh, I'm trying to think of poison. a better example. Maybe, maybe poison. Because they were still. Yeah. Yeah. But your your point is well taken. I think uh, even like their singles, and we're going to get to them. Even in the moment, I kind of liked. I didn't like the singles, but you could understand that why they were big, yes. why they were popular. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jonathan Davis, the lead singer, like he was one of the most famous like lead singers of that era. And I think we kind of just pushed back against it because it was not the type of music we were into. And we kind of, you kind of, if you were a fan of the alternative rock that dominated in the mid nineties, this was basically like an assault on you. Yeah, it was personal. Um, so we never really, I don't think we ever even gave this music a chance, to be honest with you. No, and I think that like, I think we were probably open to bands like Rage Against the Machine a little more than a band like Korn, just because they they were around in the mid-90s and sort of we were giving them credit for starting around that time and being harder rock while... There was other music coming out, but when Corn and that whole movement started, they just completely stomped every other that was type it. of alternative music, and it left us with nothing. And I think that's part of why yeah. we took it so personally. The- it was like <laughs> it's gone. The music we like is gone now. Incredibly, the only band that was left like repping the type of music that we were into, fucking Stephen Jenkins, man. Third Eye Blind was like the only type of alternative rock. 98, 99. Yes, so that yeah. was like carrying the torch, and maybe that's but why even we they were it was, gravitated, it was flickering at that point. Um, all right, track two. I know this song. Hey, I've turned this off before. By the way, let me just say, all that said, that first song did nothing for me. takes a part of me Something lost and never seen Every time I start to believe Something's raped and taken from me From me Life's gotta always be messing with me Can't touch hell and let me be free Bring back memories, man. It does. It actually does. Yeah, a lot. It was unavoidable, of course. 
Um, this was uh, released as a single in May 99, Bob. Okay. And it was the first single released from the album. Really? Wait, does that make sense? I think it was. Let me see. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's listen to the chorus while I get the fact check. Yes. I was close. It was the fifth and final single released. Define close. It was one of the singles. (laughs) Okay, all right, close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, This, I remember this, uh, this would probably be my favorite corn song. By, is it okay? It, I think it is because I remember this is the video with the bullet, right? Yes, this is the bullet video. Bullet video. And if you uh, lit, watch TRL or, or were alive at that time, you know exactly what it is. It was a a bullet from a gun just traveling through like suburbia, which was probably trenchant at the time. The mm-hmm. social commentary, I imagine, around Columbine, um, and uh, and then there's that really the part I actually think is kind of badass is when he goes yeah, I like that and then he goes go and then it's just we'll have to listen to that but I like this song me too I'm in on I actually song. listening to it now and not having the ability to like be sitting in a car and flipping to something else and actually listening to it it's a really good song uh, it was nominated for nine MTV Video Music Awards the part you like I don't want to get ahead of myself. Go! I don't want to. Um, Wait, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> I love that, and uh, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but that, that, that might fit in the stable. You might be able to put your Jonathan Davis. Boom, back I get him? Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Let's not forget it's that. It's no worse than your walking. So. God, woman. You've uncovered my secret corruption, yeah, and now I must push you out that window so you can become Catwoman. Definitely better than your walking. So, yeah, put it in the Get stable. revenge. This fucking video won a Grammy, Bob. Really? Wait, how did video video? Best short form music video. Oh, wow. That's cool. Anyway, so uh, there you go. Big song. Big song. song. Big song. And And you joked about, like, does this bring back memories? It 100% does because it was everywhere. And you would just like go to a frat party in 1999. That's what was playing. It was the dominant form of rock music yeah. for our like, essentially our college years. Yeah. And then the um, garage rock and the Strokes and all that fun stuff that came along later, we really latched onto it. But in terms of like actual popular music, yeah. This was a million times cool, more man. popular than the Strokes were ever popular. Ever, ever, ever. All right, next track is another big hit, Bob. This brings back bad memories when I hear this. Because it was inescapable and I just, it did nothing. It did nothing for me. All right, let's listen. Got the life. 
Is that you? So there's a story to this. Uh, did you watch TRL? Like, what was your relationship to TRL? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... Because I'm not even sure what my relationship yeah, was, I but I remember, like, I guess I did watch it. Yeah, I would flip it not, on. Because, not religiously. Not religiously, but it was... You had to check in on it at the time. Like, you know, we talk about, like, when we say it was before the internet. Like, there was internet, but you weren't going to the internet to find music outside of Napster. You were still using TRL. Yeah, so like, there was Carson no music, there was no the music videos online. Like, you were still using that to see music videos, right? Yeah. And that uh, this era, late late ninety eight into ninety nine, was this was when the um, uh, bubblegum pop machine was going into overdrive. So you had Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, your girl Jessica Simpson. My that was your girl. Christina Aguilera was my girl. You like Jess though too. Yeah, I did too. But that was way more. Hashtag Bob likes blondes. Bob had cornered the blonde really market. Just cornered the market between '94 and 2007. But like uh, corn in this, and going back again to that Haydn piece, like corn stood out. They were the one of those only bands that would like share that real estate, which is crazy. Like they were repping rock music, mm-hmm. which was frustrating again to if you were the type type of music we liked. Uh, but like they do. Begrudgingly, you I guess do have to give them credit that they were at least infiltrating that machine, and this was the first song Bob retired. They wow. had to retire songs because yes. you stupid kids uh, would would uh, call. I don't even know call them stupid. You stupid kids. They're all like thirty nine year old stockbrokers. They're running now, companies now uh, and working at Walgreens. Uh, but like. Um, they had to retire videos from the countdowns because they were being voted number one or in the top ten mm-hmm. constantly. And Korn was, had such a devoted fan base yeah. that this song had to be retired, the first one ever. I mean, it was that. It was uh, your video was either retired if it was Korn and like a huge mega hit like that, or like Tom Green's "The Bum Bum" song, <laughs> where people who were ironic in nineteen ninety eight. Voted for it, and then like the MTV honchos were like, "What the fuck, the are, fuck we are we going to do about this?" Well, that was fine because it was an MTV thing. But still, so, like, you can tell like they were advertising. Like, Get these kids no, involved. MTV's weird. They were like, "Don't let this in- encroach on our brand." I know. Get them over there. Get rid of them. Um, remember they would they would have a whole like send off too when a song got retired. Like sometimes the artist would show up, sometimes they wouldn't, but they'd have a whole thing where it'd yeah. be like a big frame that your video was retired. Uh, where are those frames today? That's a great question. Um, do you what Hard Rock you, Cafe Orlando? Uh, what kind of uh, how much screwing do you think Carson Daly was doing in '98? All of the screwing. Like, if he was he like screwing more than Paulie Shore in '92? No, it was a different type of screwing. John Sencio in '96. It was a yes, but it was different. Like Simon Car- Rex. Rex in his prime. Well, not counting the movies he was paid to screw in. <laughs> um. No, Carson always had girlfriends, right? Wasn't he like Jennifer Love Hewitt, Christina Aguilera? Oh, he got the Love Hewitt in her prime? Yeah. Damn so I'm Carson sure there was Dale. a ton of Carson screwing, but he also, he, Tara Reid in her prime. 
Do you know who would write a fucking amazing memoir? Carson Daly. Carson Daly. <laughs> Holy shit. He, you know how many stories he must have from the TRL days about everyone? Do you think he got into shit, though? Or do you think he was just kind of like smiling? I think, it? no, I think even if, even if he wasn't directly involved, he was absolutely uh, privy to stories and was as the host of that show in the face of like the most important like teen oriented show of the era. Like he was in the middle of everything. One of my favorite turnarounds in history is how Jimmy Fallon was like the cool guy on SNL who did a Carson Daly impression, making fun of him. And in like one of the skits where he was doing like a TRL Carson Daly, he ended it by being like, I'm a total tool. Like Jimmy Fallon making fun of Carson Daly. (laughs) And then he became Carson Daly. And now Carson Daly could easily make fun of Jimmy Fallon for being Carson Daly in 1998. And Carson Daly, that is, that's a really good point. They flipped. Carson, well, I wouldn't say flipped. Slightly. They're both in that same category. Carson Daly is now, they're kind of peers now. They're in the peers sense now. that Carson Daly has like a steady gig on the Today Show, which is a really good job, and he's making probably a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, but Fallon is as corporate as if you ask anybody. Me, if you ask me who was cooler in 98, Fallon by a ton. If you ask me who's cooler in 2018, eh, it's a push. Was Fallon ever cool though? He was always like no, to me was, like an off-brand Sandler. No, but he was cool because he was like able to make fun of people, and he was doing the impressions. He was like a, he was a he was a star like doing Weekend Update. Mr. Giggles. What the fuck is that? What? Mr. Giggles. Oh, he broke in every sketch on SNL. And oh, that. Hated him. Got it. Got he's it. like, oh, he's the cute guy yeah, that breaks. Yeah, yeah. Next track: Dead Bodies Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Corn have to go up on the board? Uh, do they? Should we just put them on the board? Just, just, to, be just safe? to cover ourselves? Maybe Head Welch, the guitarist? Head, yeah. Monkey? Brian. Was that his name? Monkey? There was a different guy. No, there's a different guy, Monkey. There was a guy that named Monkey? Yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Dude, you're talking to a guy <laughs> who worked on a corn television show for MTV for three months of my life when I was 22. I know everything about corn. What else did you take away from that special? Don't remember. I worked on a show called MTV's Treatment where this 26-year-old hipster from New York got to direct a corn video. He like won a contest to direct a music video and it was for corn. He was miserable. The band was miserable. And Wait, the guy that won the contest was miserable? Why wouldn't he be like uh, the happiest he's ever been in his life? Because he was like a hipster from Brooklyn who probably loved the Strokes, who won a contest to direct a corn video. It was bad TV, and it was one of the first things I worked on at MTV. Where behind the scenes, everybody was like, this is not working. Yeah, I was like a PA, so I had to go through all the B-roll, and everybody was just miserable the whole time. Oh, my God. Um, Monkey, you're absolutely right, Bob. He was on the rhythm guitar, but I was thrown off. It's not Monkey like the animal is spelling. It's M-U-N-K, right? That's right. Yes. See, I know. I know my corn. I know Head, Brian Head Welch, lead guitar and backing box. He's a born-again Christian now. Uh, Who's the other guy? 
Give me Anvil Nightheart. <laughs> no, no, that's the beast. <laughs> uh, it's actually Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Tatanka? <laughs> Not the Native American warrior. Tatanka Fieldy on base. Fieldy, yeah. Anyway, so Korn's on the board for this song. Just to be safe. And if you're not aware of the background of On the Board, check out our Nikki Glazer um, September 11th, 2001 podcast. Roughly. It would be great if somebody, um, a loyal listener, so like somebody, literally one body. Um, Let the bodies hit the floor. Went on the board. Just made a board for us because we put a lot of stuff on the board. It'd be nice to see the board. Oh, with the strings and everything? We're getting closer. We're getting closer to figuring it out, and that would really help. All right, Bob, I want you to vamp during BBK by Corn. Is this a BB Mac kind of tribute? You're off to a good start. <laughs> Fuck you. So you see, I've gotten this far. Please give me some place to wait. I'm not trying to. So I don't know if you just noticed my uh, movements just now in the garage, Bob. It was not. It was not a normal movement for a human being. Um, that was me. You know, this is our second podcast we're recording tonight. Uh, a couple drinks in me, um, in the middle of the corn podcast, thinking, should I just walk away? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh no, I actually can't do that. It would be interesting. All right, let's. Figure, what would you guess BBK BBK stands for? Big. Wait, do you have the answer? No, uh, I'll find it, right? it out. I'll find it out. Um, big, beautiful killers with a Z. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting myself in a 1998 mindset. Uh, big bodied kilos. No, they weren't no. a drug fan. Well, they were, but they weren't. All right, hang on. I'm gonna figure this one out. You enjoying the song? No. You? No. It's bad. I really, when we went into this, I, I'm really hoping to find something I like. Like the non-dick side of me was like, I would love to come out of this being like, there's like a corn song I really like. Because I do like listening to like harder music sometimes. And it would be nice to have this like in my uh, back pocket whenever I needed it. But I'm, I'm not connecting yet. You? No, so far it's not doing much for me, Bob. And um, here's from uh, Wikipedia the concept of BBK. Big black cock slammer. That that's, was going to be my guess, but K? That's what I call This is from Jonathan Davis, the lead singer. That's what I call a Jack and Coke, a big black cock. Uh, those little glasses they serve in Europe and everything, that's what I named it, big black cock. And that's another song about me dealing with the pressures of this album and how I, you know, I am trying to kill myself. But, you know, do I really want to kill myself? Things I'm just questioning myself. Most of it, it most of this is self-structured. Um, that hits on Bob like a, um, a major disconnect for me. Because like, you spell cock with a C. <laughs> well, obviously. Um, I always spell cock with a C. Especially always. Big Black Cock. Famously. Um, but... Also, in general, like the music that I like, I do not, I am not like a guy that's into depressing music. I like 
uplift. Unless, I like anthems. Unless you're sleeping and or screwing. Yes, obviously. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if you're in a situation where you're either screwing or sleeping, you could down tempo a little bit on me. But even then, I don't like um, I'm not like a fan of like super depressing music. Right. I like music that makes you feel good, makes you feel alive. This song, like he just said in this song, he's talking about, should I kill myself? That that's not my thing. Hmm. Like just from like and the music mirrors what the lyrical content is. It's just kind of like dark and heavy and the dirtbags out there. They were like, yeah, the, uh, nobody understands me. And I this is my release. But uh, that was never where I was at any point in my life. Right. That makes sense. And I think like as we've been listening, I've been trying to think like, how come I like system of a down more than this? Or like, how come I like rage against the machine more than this? And I think it's because of what you're saying, like the the lyrical content and the just general vibe of it, even though it's like loud and, and sludgy at times, it's it's not depressing. Right. Did I skip Children of the Corn with a K featuring Is, Ice Cube? Um, I, I think I did. I don't remember listening to Ice Cube. We should talk about Ice Cube. A guest on the Around the NFL podcast recently, by the way. Which I, I just found out. That's your other podcast. Yes. Huh. Think of the difference in terms of general prestige level. That Ice Cube, an iconic rapper, one of the more famous celebrities in the game. Uh, that That's on my other podcast. This podcast, two fucking losers in a rented garage. That's where we're at. But like Ice Cube, like yeah, he's like a rapper. He was in like a like a rap band back in the day. Um, but is he that's ever, correct technically? Has he ever drank half of a quarter liter of champagne and gone to a dance? Probably not. He's not that tough. I should reach out to his people and get him on our show so we could retell that story, just so we could all connect. Yeah, because he'd be like, "Whoa, you guys are hard." Here's Children of the Corn featuring Ice Cube. has no joke been my favorite part of this podcast so far. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. That wasn't bad, yeah. Cube. Shout out to Cube. Uh, do you think that uh, so new metal was and for the uh, for the uninitiated? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, Dan. Sure, that's fine. New is spelled and you. <laughs> yes. I just want to make sure Crucially. you're aware. There's not people out there googling new, spelling it the wrong way. New metal was painted as a. Uh, a rap metal hybrid, yes. basically. It's like, oh, these these people grew up listening to Run DMC, and then they picked up guitars. Right. That that whole narrative. Right. Did that ever feel authentic? Because I, I the people that I knew that were into this type of music weren't typically hip hop dudes. No. Yeah, you're right. So it wasn't really. And that's massive generalizing. I understand. And this is like again where I'm like, don't be a dick. Because you shouldn't judge like music that other people connect to. 
and a lot of people connected with this, but it's like it all felt like kind of bullshit. Again, way more people connected to this than anything, well, outside of you liking you too, than anything else that we like. This is about as far as from you too as you can possibly get. <laughs> this is like way outside my comfort zone. Uh, <laughs> next up is Pretty. I don't think it's going to be Pretty Bum. What if it was, though? Like a gorgeous ballad. A gorgeous ballad. Like Christina Aguilera comes out. It'd be kind of cool if Ice Cube just did that verse on every song for the rest of the album. <laughs> I would love that. Fuck the law with a dick in my hand. Something's starting to break me down, though. I can tell. I just saw you. You put your head in your hands. Like, what have we gotten ourselves into? We have so many more songs. How many do we have left? So many. So I don't even want to tell you how many we have left. All right. How many more singles are coming up? Maybe maybe the chorus will be pretty. I don't know. If it's more likely he's going to yell the word pretty. I get, I get like, if you were a disaffected teen or young person, why you'd want to fucking go nuts in like a mosh pit during this. Yeah. I get it. I just feel like that must have been, uh, there had to be some like a lot of stuff going on in your life to (laughs) get to that point. Generalizing, 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 (laughs) generalizing. I can't do it, man. I I just can't. I really do want to like. I would would have loved to come out of this album and been like, "Whoa, good. I I'm found just... something that I never would have given a chance." It's not too late. Like you said, there's a lot of songs left for us to find something. It's not pretty. All right. Um, the next track, Bob, is actually the first single, and Fred Durst is on it. Okay. Thank and you. in thank, that, hi- thank, you, thank you for the trigger warning. Yes, and in that hide and piece, uh, when they do, they're doing a anniversary tour or some type of re-release i believe it is mm-hmm. of follow the leader for the 20th anniversary i think it's a tour though where they're doing the album in full which is a ph- phenomenon that i love that yep. bands do this uh but S- jonathan davis the lead singer in the band loathe the following song so much that they have excluded it from uh the reissue it is a reissue it's a reissue ah. of the album with like i think it's a box set type thing where there's like all demos and shit and they've removed an actual track from the album it is all in the family the lead single is that's unprecedented yeah wow all right here we go let's see what all the fuss is about bob kill me (laughs) say what say what we should talk about Fred Durst after this. It feels appropriate. Because we'll never get another chance there. Say what, say what. 
Too bad, I got your beans in my bag. You stuck up sucker, corny motherfucker. Taking over flows as the limp, pimp. Need the biscuit to save this group from John Davis. I'm gonna drop a little east side skill. You best step back, cause I'm a kill. I'm a kill. So what you thinking, Mr. Raggedy Man? Doing all you can to look like Raggedy Ann. Check you out, punk. Yes, I know you feel it. You look like one of those dancers from the Hanson video. You little faggot hoe. Please give me some shit to wreck with. Cause right now I'm all it, kid. Suck my dick, kid, like your daddy did. Who the fuck you think you're talking okay. to? I'm known for right. eating little wine Shit just got personal. We're going after Hanson? How fucking dare you? How fucking dare you guys? I, I almost feel like we should punish them by playing a Hanson song to save us, Bob. <laughs> How dare you go after those nice boys from Oklahoma? Why are Hanson catching so much shit in this era? <laughs> like, the fucking asshole from the New Radicals yeah. came after Hanson, too, yeah. at the end of uh, You Get What You Give. And it's like, those dudes, those little shits... They were like actual musician brothers yeah. playing their own music. It just so happened that they had an inescapable hit yeah, of the sure they had, era. Sure they had long blonde hair and like the middle one was like a hot girl. And but, it was like, but you're dropping the F-bomb on them? And I, I don't mean F-U-C-K. No, well, it was a different era where it wasn't as weighty of a word, but still, poor Hanson. Uh, Little Hanson was like seven years old when he was called the other F-word by Fred. The other F-word. Uh, it's a, a duet between Jonathan Davis and Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit, And here is uh, the official word on this, Bob. When Korn performs three Follow the Leader anniversary shows uh, this month in San Francisco, or next month in San Francisco, L.A., and Las Vegas, should we go? Uh, All in the Family won't be included in the set list. Here's a quote from Jonathan Davis. We were fucking out of our minds, insanely drunk and high when we did that. It's like that scene out of Boogie Nights when they are all fucking on crank and they are like, no, no, this is the best shit ever. I love that. I love how self-aware he is now about that. Like That was one of my favorite parts of the article where he was talking about the scene where it was like a rock star was getting like blown by a porn star and he's like, we're living the greatest life ever and just recording this shitty song. Yeah, I also like when he's saying, uh, he says, he talks about how he wants... His whole idea of being a rock star, he learned from watching the Doors movie. Not watching the Doors. Wow. This was the next generation. Val Kilmer. Watching Val Kilmer in the Doors movie, like doing drugs, fucking groupies, uh, drinking uh, whiskey. Like that's how he learned yeah. how to be. That was his crash course, which is an interesting like passage of chi- uh, time anecdote. Oh, but I'm sorry, Jonathan Davis. I don't remember Val Kilmer ever dissing Hanson. How dare you? And also, what kind of what kind of rap beef is that when you're corn? You're going after three tweens from Oklahoma. Yeah, that's fair. And Fred Durst was just fucking a towering piece of shit. That's my only <laughs> the, take there. The probably biggest piece of shit of the late 90s. This is Reclaim My Place. All right, that was Reclaim My Pace. <laughs> this you. is Justin. By the way, there's, there's some disaffected dirtbag out there that's like, reclaim my place, save my life, man. Nobody, well, fucking go listen to another podcast. You know, I don't know what to tell you, bro. 
First of all, we don't have a lot of corn listeners. To it's getting more and more surly. Hold on, that's number one. This number, is putting me in a bad mood. This album. That's. The, I think that's the point of the album. <laughs> they did it. You're gonna go in. You're gonna go into your house and just like wake your wife up and just start yelling at her. I'm just gonna go. Go. And Emily's gonna be like, "What, Dan? What are you doing?" That would be a really funny um, viral video just to do to different people when they're <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> the the corn wake ups. Boom, Go! <laughs> How did we get here? All right, uh, what were we going to say about? I don't know. Uh, we should go to Vegas to see this. And we could do like a parking lot suicide podcast. I mean, the chances that a corn fan is listening to this. So slim. So slim. The, fa- the chances that our fans are still listening to this. So but like, slim. Yeah, it's fair. But if like, if we go to that show, ironically, and even one corn fan hears this podcast and then puts it on like I was gonna say like a subreddit but I don't think corn fans are on on Reddit ooh generalization Um, if they put it on some like um, uh, Netscape site if they just wrote it in sharpie on a bathroom stall is that what you're worried about kill Dan and Bob if you see him not since some guy wrote something like that on a desk senior year of high school as uh, what was the message again I think it was just Bob and Dan are gay carved into a desk. It was actually carved. Carved, yeah, yeah. But that How guy, did they know? That guy didn't know that we just polished off a bottle of champagne. <laughs> we sucked that bitch down. Right now, when you say it like that, I'm standing up. So Justin was probably about somebody. Justin Timberlake. All right, we are almost there, Bob. Oh, my God. This track is called Seed. It's going to be about semen. Oh, no, you're right. That's the other thing I don't like about this genre. Their, their juvenile sense of humor, Dan. <laughs> you're a fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Uh, the original physical release, Bob, produced 25 tracks. The music begins on track 13 and ends on track 25, starting the album with 12 hidden tracks. Oh, I like that. Consisting of five seconds of silence each, totaling 60 seconds of silence out of respect for a deceased fan... Who also had track 10 or 22, Justin, named after him. Oh, God damn it. You're an asshole. Later, Prince moved the silent tracks after the music. So this is, wait, this is the song about oh. Justin. No, this is this is about the cum. Oh, got it, got it. Sorry. Previous track about Justin. This is about ejaculate. parents and tell them I hate them. <laughs> hey, uh, mom, wake up. Wake up. No, everything's fine. Go! <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the other song um, that um, Jonathan Davis in that Haydn post. Um, fuck you, Bob. Go fuck yourself. Should we hunt down Stephen Haydn and just beat the shit out of him for this? 
Uh, we were so excited about this. I know. Uh, this is the other song that Jonathan Mart, uh, Jonathan Davis, 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 you fucking idiot! <laughs> we start Fuck you! He regrets. It's called Cameltosis. Oh no! See, that's <laughs> the thing. That's what I'm talking about. I should have known it from the start what I was in for. She wake up tenfold. She copy, we exchange some info. Called her on the telly, conversation was simple. And plain Jane, my game, retain the tempo. And things, no shame, two sparks turned into flames. Nipples in the park, just dancing in the rain. Hook me with this fix and look to drain my aim. Some never retain what would have sucked from your veins. So baby, I ask you. So baby, I ask you. So baby, I asked 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 you. Thank you. That's um, Trey Hartson from the Far Side Band, LA product. Thank you all for tuning in to the last episode of the Throwback Pod. We really appreciate what you guys have done for us all this time. It was a good run. Uh, The only reason this can't be the last episode is we can't end the Spotify playlist uh, on Cameltosis. We just can't do it, Bob. (laughs) Uh, Last track uh, is... In their defense, though, real quick. and Real quick. um, Pause the last track before we get into it. Okay. In in Korn's defense, the Cameltoe thing... Really took over the world for a little bit. It's pretty big. It's people pretty big. made a big deal about Camel Toes. Don't know why, but people decided it was like really funny. It's pretty big deal. Um, before we do our last track, yeah, a couple of people that make this podcast possible. There's oh, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people that make this podcast possible. So many. But we have a couple of sponsors. So uh, I'm sure it's their lifelong dream to have a little ad read in the middle of a corn album. They've been they've been always looking for it in their lives. Well, here it goes. Bruno, the sponsor. He's back. Oh, he is? He never left. So he's safe. You can document that he's safe. Here's the thing, guys. We're worried about Bruno. Bruno's been sponsoring our pod for the last few months. Haven't heard a peep from him. We just He's still our sponsor, so we're worried about him. Yeah, Bruno, if you're listening to this, let us know that you're safe. And if you found a woman, awesome. And just let us know so we can cancel this um, love connection thing we're trying to hook up for you. Yeah, because we're still sending scores of beautiful women to Canada to mate with you. Right. Uh, It is uh, part of the sponsorship bond between the Throwback Podcast and Bruno. If you want to date, Bruno's the guy. He's missing right now and potentially in danger. But if you are around Bruno... Hook them up. And the way to do it is to go where, Bob? Bruno, the sponsor at gmail.com. All the single ladies out there, find Bruno. Bruno, let us know if you're alive. Hey, Dan, when I say the word Australia, what's the first thing you think of? Sharks. Okay, what's the second thing, though? Um, that wine with the kangaroos on it. <laughs> That's really, really bottom shelf wine. Yeah, well, I like it. Bob. Okay, what's the third thing you think of? Kylie Minogue. Okay, that's fair. She was a she was a lovely lovely woman. Yep. Fourth thing, I think we're getting into Kleiny territory here. Uh, that one chick from the real world. <laughs> Wait, which one? The Australian one. Well, obviously, I don't remember her. Okay, and then Kleiny, top five. Top five. Right there, man. Well, kangaroos. Oh wait, 
And then Kleine, top six. So not even tied for five. He just got bumped down to six. Yes, he's a number six Australian. Men at work got bumped down as well. Oh, yeah. So Kleine's seven. Damn it. Shouldn't have said that. Sorry, I thought Neighbors, the uh, the sitcom. Neighbors, eight. The Crocodile Dundee, nine. You're still making the top He's ten. He's in the top ten. Kleine! <laughs> Which takes us to the final track, Bob, on Follow the Leader. One of the definitive albums of the 90s. One of our favorites. Uh, My Gift to You. Those are bagpipes. I like that. Remember Jonathan uh Jonathan Mar- I keep on thinking of the bullied... Miami Dolphins offensive tackle, uh, but Jonathan Davis. Well, in fairness, this Jonathan was definitely also bullied. Yes, he was for sure. Um, he was credited on the album vocals and bagpipes. Oh, nice! Here they are. That's kind of cool. Gift to you by Corin that closes out Follow the Leader. Woo, movie. All right, it's time. Um, it is time, Bob, uh, to pick the song for our Spotify Apple Music playlist. Well, and so many options, Bob. All right, let me just, uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of like freestyle here. Let me know what you think as I, as I go this way. I'm thinking. Look, I, I give us credit. You know, like douchebags, they like praise themselves when they do like simple things. <laughs> I'm giving us a lot of credit for doing this episode, Dan, because I do think that our hearts were in the right place. Mm-hmm. We really we loved that long form posting mm-hmm. on the Internet. That, yeah, you're mixing it up. But yeah. And uh, respect Mr. Hyden as a writer. We <laughs> we gave this album a. Like a, we were, we were sincere when we said we wanted to like it. Didn't really work out that way. So I'm thinking if we have to pick a song, I would go with uh, Ice Cube's verse off of that one song, or the obvious choice to show solidarity with Hanson in the face of the bullying from Fred Durst and Jonathan Davis. We got you, Isaac. We got you, Taylor. We got you, Zach. Throwbacks got your back. One bottle of mini champagne right up your butts. Bullies out there. Team Hanson. So we're adding this song to the Spotify playlist as the ultimate act of betrayal to what we had just listened to. (laughs) That's it. It's in the books. It's been decided. Follow the Throwback Podcast on Twitter, at ThrowbackPod, on Instagram, at ThrowbackPod. Emails about a harrowing childhood incident at the throwbackpod at gmail.com. And Why do you want that? <laughs> and don't forget, if um, if you want to uh, support the show and you're not a corn fan, 
uh, hit us up at patreon.com slash throwback pod uh, where you could support us with something as little as two dollars a month uh, and you could go up from there and have uh, there are perks that go along with that that keeps the show alive and free and keeps Bob's wife Heather from shutting us down for good <laughs> she's trying her hardest so thank you to everybody uh, to listening Bob we, we tried you got to be honest we got we tried we tried this is us this is the real us yeah a total fuck you to corn go fuck yourselves <laughs>